Um, all right, let's get let's let's dive in. You ready? You ready? All right. Uh, this is a a very common question. Um, I'm finishing my last week of HCG, and I know it takes a lifestyle change in order to keep the weight off. So my question is, do you focus more on fats or carbs to keep the weight off? Uh, and the follow-up is, which oils are best for cooking? I'm afraid once I start adding back food, I will gain the weight. Um, I'll go back to this part. And, and before Doc answers, I, I know a lot of people watching this show are, have probably been through the HCG diet. So if you have any suggestions uh, for this uh, listener, uh, put them in the comments. A lot of times, uh, you know, people who have gone through the program recently uh, have insight that, that Doc might not bring up. So I just want to uh, put that in there if you guys can, can help this listener out uh, with any tips regarding uh, lifestyle change um, after uh, finishing the HCG diet. So Doc, what's your answer to this? Um, yeah, there's definitely, there's a couple things I like to do. One, before you go on HCG or any diet, figure out where your metabolism is and your hormones. In other words, come in and get a Cleveland panel and let me analyze that. Um, HCG is just a great way to lose weight fast. Um, I like it because it's fast and it targets the abnormal fat, which comes off first. Any other diet, it comes off last. So that's why I like it, but it's kind of a commitment. You know, it's, if you get real HCG, it's not cheap and you have 26 days of a really strict diet. So, but it really works. We've done thousands of people on this over the last 10 years or so. The diet's been around for 60 years. It's safe. It works. But you're right. If you don't, you know, it's just a quick way of losing weight. If you don't figure out your metabolism and your hormones or change something afterwards, usually change a lot and stick to it. It just gives you a good chance. Um, but um, I, I tend to like, for most of my patients, everybody's different, but I tend to like a lower carb, higher good fat, moderate protein diet. People are different though. I mean, there's very few people that I would put on a low fat diet. So I usually look at the carbs. Most people that are overweight are usually insulin resistant. And when they get on a low carb diet, it just flat out works. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do HCG unless you're kind of committed to making some changes. The thing about losing the weight fast is that, you know, if in a, in a month, if you've lost 30 pounds and gotten off of a couple of your medications for your blood pressure or your diabetes and you feel good, you feel like exercising when you finish it, not during, then I think you have more of a chance to, to make some changes. Uh, so, I, as a matter of fact, I put somebody on it today that had done it years ago with me and kept the weight off for two years. And then some something cropped up. They had a little, little mini crisis or something, and they, they started eating again and gained the weight back. Uh, so you got to be cautious of that. So you, know, you can always do it again. But um, uh, I do focus more on the carbs uh, than I do the fats as far as restricting the carbs. Remember, you can live with zero carbs. You can't live without fats or protein. So you don't really need carbs. Um, I'm not against eating good carbs at all. Uh, I think it's very hard to stay on the uh, ketosis type diet. Um, so people are going to eat carbs. Just eat the good ones and you know, eat more good fats, which keep you full longer, actually give you more energy than carbs do. Just not the quick energy that a carb does. But uh, as far as oils to cook in, I like avocado, I like coconut oil and olive oil. Uh, certainly avoid the seed oils and vegetables for sure. Um, and, you know, when I do my Cleveland heart panel, uh, the, uh, it measures a lot of your fatty acid breakdowns. And so I'll look at your linoleic acid level as well. You know, if, if you eat out a lot or cook with vegetable oil or seed oils, I can usually tell, tell you that because your linoleic acid, which is an extremely inflammatory omega-6, will be high. So um, I hope that helps you. Um, so keep the weight off. You can, losing weight is not that hard. Keeping it off is what the challenge is. Um, so that's what we were aiming for. 
And I'll put this up here uh, just for the Facebook people who can't see Mark's comment on YouTube. Uh, ACG lost 30 pounds in 32 days. No meat, all vegetables, lots of apples. Check all products. It has fats, uh, soap, shampoos, got off all meds, but one rice oil for cooking. Uh, interesting. Thank you for that comment, Mark. Um, and I'm getting a question from Barbara. What are good fats? Can you um, just kind of give us a rundown on what you mean by that? Yeah. Um, like the good fats, the fats you find in uh, fish, especially, um, I love avocados, even, you know, even, um, some dairy, if you can tolerate dairy is not going to be bad for you. Um, like cheeses and nuts are good fats. I don't like peanuts so much if you're struggling with, um, you know, your weight peanuts are more like beans. It's a bean. It's really not a nut. Um, but, uh, so if you, you know, good grass fed beef has good fats in it. Uh, so, you, you know, there's, there's a lot of good fats out there. The bad fats, the ones that you see that are the omega sixes, like I was just talking about the vegetable oils and, and so forth. Um, and the processed fats that you see in, uh, things like chips and, and things like that and French fries and, and, and things like that. Oils, oils can be good. Oils can be bad. So, you know, uh, good question, Barbara. It, it, it is a, it's a great question. And, and, um, actually in one of our, uh, outside the box videos with, with Pratik, um, our PA in Kingsport, he goes over how to actually use, um, any sort of like diabetes medication or even something like HCG to actually transition into lifestyle change. Um, and you know, the, the one that we're actually going to get talk about here in a, in a second here, cause I got a question on Ozempic. Um, but what tends to happen with Ozempic is you're just not that hungry. Um, so you learn how to, um, how to eat uh, smaller portions and not graze all day. Uh, so you, you, you kind of build in an inter intermittent fasting practice. Um, yeah. so and for those people that can eat eggs, eggs are good sorts of fats as well. Now, some people can't tolerate eggs, but for uh, some people, it's the perfect food. All right, let's get to the next question there. Thank you for that uh, ACG question. Uh, D. Lynn, I see you. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for hanging out with us. Um, let's get to a B12 question. I noticed B12 in your new immune vitamin that you showed on screen last week. And then the question is, I was thinking you said B12 is best absorbed if it is not oral. Sublingual, okay, but not oral. So is this compounded version in your new vitamin formula more like a sublingual? No, it's not a sublingual. It is an oral. So you are right. The best way to absorb vitamin B12 is sublingual or through a shot. You know, this, out of the many vitamins and supplements that are in this um, immune complex, uh, B12 is in there along with methylated folate as well. Um, so, you know, you just check your levels and see if you're okay. For some people that don't absorb, you know, if your gut's not right, it's going to be hard to absorb B12 when you swallow it. But um, so, yeah, if you're, if you are deficient in B12, then if the oral is not bringing it up, like in this immune complex, you may want to go to an extra sublingual. Um, I've got nothing against the B12 shot either, you know, if you need energy. So follow your levels of B12. If you have gut problems, consider doing an extra uh, sublingual uh, methyl B12, especially if you have methylation problems, uh, which a lot of people do like me. But uh, so, yeah, it is in there and it's, it's an oral one. It seems to work pretty well um, in, the, in the form it's in, but you're right. Uh, some people that have a hard time with their gut do better with B12 in a sublingual or shot form. It's a very good point. I still put it in there with it, though. Thank you for that question. Came through email. We appreciate, uh, certainly appreciate those. Um, I'm going to put this up here. Um, this is a digestio question. Would you think that digestion may be appropriate for an 11-year-old, and if so, in what dosage? Uh, we're open to taking uh, partial capsules and applesauce if needed. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, that'd be fine. It's not going to bother you, you know. Um, I would, uh, you know, if you can't swallow the tablet, it's not that hard to swallow, but you can definitely open it and sprinkle it over uh, 
applesauce or maybe yogurt. Um, but I just want a day is going to be fine. It's not going to, it's not going to hurt an 11 year old. So. All right. Thank you uh, for that digestio question. All right. We're going to move on to the, uh, this is a longer question. So it's going to come in a couple different parts here. It's about Ozempic. I've watched the interview you did with the lady that lost the weight using Ozempic. Shout out to Brandy Collins. Uh, she was on Outside the Box and the Common Sense MD. Um, and I saw the, the other one she did with Dr. Rogers. Uh, that's the Common Sense MD one. And the question is, I recently saw Jill Henritzi, PAC, at the Bristol office, and she gave me samples to start. After getting home and reading the terrible side effects, I decided against using it. The question is, could Dr. Rogers address how the benefits outweigh the risk of Ozempic? Um, so real quick, just kind of talk about some of the side effects uh, this listener is referring to. Well, first of all, if you read, you know, the, the side effects of any medicine, uh, prescription medicine, even, even a non-prescription like a Tylenol or an aspirin, you would say those are terrible side effects. So um, I haven't found Ozempic to have terrible side effects at all. I mean, anymore when you make a medicine, you have to kind of uh, cover all the bases. And, and if you read the PI product information on almost any prescription drug, you would never take it. So what I tell people is don't read the PI. <laughs> that sounds crazy for a doctor to say that, but um, just hopefully you can trust your doctor um, or your PA to um, that has a lot of experience with um, using this medicine. Now, there's a couple things that, you know, they'll scare you to death on this. For example, if you've had pancreatitis, you know, I probably would not take, I definitely would not take Ozempic or Trulicity or any of the, you know, GLPL1 inhibitors uh, or any semiglutides that we call, but um, because of the, the small chance that it could um, cause pancreatitis, which is something you, you don't want to have. So anybody with a history of that, then I, then I won't give it to them. Now, if you have another thing called medullary cancer of the thyroid, which is rare as hen's teeth, there's a lot of endocrinologists go their whole career without seeing one of them. Um, so you would not want to take it or something like MEN syndrome number two, multiple endocrine neoplasia, which are very rare. Uh, it's multiple cancers of your glands. Um, I don't, I think, I don't think I've ever seen one in 36 years of practice. Uh, and like with the medullary thyroid cancer, I think one rat came down with it. So I don't think it was ever seen in a human, but so you have to write all this stuff down. But, um, you know, um, gosh, we've used it thousands of times and it really works. So, but, but with any medicine, you have to address the benefits versus the risk. Um, and, you know, if you, the side effect that I see most commonly is a little bit of nausea, especially when you first start taking it um, because it delays gastric emptying. So you're going to feel full, uh, but you're not going to be as hungry. That's for sure. It makes your insulin work better. Um, it hits your appetite control center and decreases glucophage, the storage form of sugar output from your liver. So, you know, I wouldn't be um, hesitant to take it at all. But, you know, I, again, I don't like to use any medicines that you don't need. It just depends on uh, how bad the problem is. Like, for example, if you're uh, extremely overweight, then the risk of that's about a thousand million times worse than the, the, the chances of you having a problem with this medicine. Um, and again, with a medicine like this, if you have a side effect, you just stop it. Um, it's not going to cause cancer or anything. Um, so you have to address the benefits versus the risk. If you were five pounds overweight or 10 pounds overweight and hadn't tried anything else, I wouldn't do it. I'd just use the other stuff. But if you've tried everything else, if nothing seems to help, if you've got metabolic syndrome with insulin resistance, then you should try it. Um, you know, so I, I would uh, think about that. You know, if you don't want to take it, don't don't take it. But, um, you know, hopefully that reassures you a little bit. There's nothing without risk. I mean, in life, life is a risk when you get up in the morning and walk across the street. And a lot, a lot of times, 
even with doctors, you know, we're trained. We take this Hippocratic Oath called do no harm, you know, but there's always a risk benefit ratio to anything you do. So if you went through life with that motto, do no harm as a doctor, you're not going to you're not going to help people like you could help them. Uh, because, like I say, there's a risk in taking um, an aspirin. So you got to address the risk versus the benefits. So look at look at and see what the risks are of you being overweight. I have no idea how much overweight you are, if you're insulin resistant or whatever. But uh, that's that's a great question, actually. I'm glad you you brought it up. Yeah, that that's actually something I, I have I've never heard you talk about is you know is the the PI because uh, you know if you do really yeah. um, if you look at some of those things it would scare you. Uh, yeah, you'd never take any. You would never take anything. There's a lot of medicines I wouldn't take the risk of taking, but this one, depending on the circumstances, uh, if I needed it, I wouldn't have any hesitation about taking it. Um, uh, so maybe give it a whirl if you, if you're hesitant, don't do it. You know, just try try some other stuff. There's plenty of natural things you can do to kind of suppress your appetite a little bit. Um, so talk to us about it. And I will say this was a, an added um, little comment there uh, in the email. I think I'm pretty healthy even though I have weight to lose. And I'm not sure if it's a small chance of having those really bad side effects or not. So it does seem, and, and what I'm hearing from you is those uh, – there are small, very small chances um, of, yeah. of some of those side effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so great question, though. Great question. Thank you so much for that. Um, all right, let's get to, to to this one here. This is a, a cholesterol question, and uh, I always love hearing you and Robin and, and our whole crew talk about cholesterol because it's really fascinating. Uh, you have taught us that cholesterol is not necessarily the culprit leading to clogged arteries, but more so glucose spikes. Please explain explain how the glucose spikes lead to the clogged arteries. That's a great question. You know, clogged arteries, um, atherosclerosis is, is a complex metabolic um, process, mostly caused by inflammation. And those glucose spikes cause inflammation. That's why if you eat a lot of sugar and you have arthritis, when you eat more sugar, it causes your your joints to aches. So when you cut it out, your pain gets better. But something like that thing is going on in your arteries. And, it, you know, we used to think that um, fats caused your arteries to, to clog because um, when you look at a plaque, you dissect a plaque out with an autopsy or whatever, um, some of that plaque is made of cholesterol, which, which is a type of fat. Um, lipid but so it, it kind of misled us because really it's not the cholesterol that causes the problem um even though it's usually around when you have a heart attack so it's an, almost like an innocent bystander it's what causes that plaque to infiltrate that endometrial lining uh, and then gets inflamed causes a blood clot and the blood clot usually what clogs your artery up it's not actually the the cholesterol plaque itself, and it's certainly not a calcium plaque. Um, so it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's kind of, we, it goes against what we used to teach with cholesterol uh, causing the problem. But, and then, then again, you know, the cholesterol thing, you got to take a deep dive into it because there's different size of cholesterol particles. The large fluffy LDL does not tend to penetrate your arteries the small dense uh, type of APOB pattern does, um, it, it, it penetrates the arteries. And like I was talking about last week with TMAO, that inflammatory marker that is really governed by your gut microbiome, um, is probably the culprit that causes the cholesterol to be um, infiltrated in your arteries. So that may be one explanation why we used to think uh, that cholesterol caused heart disease when it may be more the TMAO uh, that does it. Um, so it's a really interesting, complex metabolic process that goes on. But most, most of the experts believe, even the cardiologists now, uh, 
a lot of them, they want you to keep the, the glucose spikes down. That's another reason Ozempic and, and the semiglutides work uh, for heart disease patients. I mean, um, the cardiologists are jumping on the bandwagon because there's a lot less mortality when a, heart, a cardiac patient is on Ozempic than if they aren't, both from a heart failure standpoint and a uh, atherosclerosis standpoint. Uh, so it's just really interesting you know, they're, they're both important. So that's a good thing about getting a something like a Cleveland heart panel. You know, you see the size of the particles. You can see the LP little a. You can see the how much of your uh, LDL, the bad cholesterol, is oxidized, inflammatory. Look at your other inflammatory markers like myeloperoxidase, um, HSCRP. Um, then you look at your all your insulin resistance numbers. Uh, so it's just, you know, there's a lot of stuff involved in it. Um, so I won't say that cholesterol is totally not a, you know, something you need to be concerned about. It can be. Um, but I think in, in, in much more cases that it's really the insulin resistance that, uh, causes the heart disease. And most, most people are coming around to this fact. Um, I was at a lecture one time years ago and uh, this was a Stanford cardiologist who actually he was one that invented the first statin and he made a statement during that lecture that I'll never forget he said everybody that comes in to the ER having a heart attack is a diabetic he says I don't care what their sugar levels are in the ER they're a diabetic that kind of stuck with me and so you have to look at everything, but that's kind of how it's because of inflammation and blood clotting, those in, inflammatory changes that spikes in your sugars can cause. Um, so I hope this, this helps Super. explain it. Get a Cleveland and look at that. Look at all the parameters. Super fascinating. Thank you for uh, for uh, that answer. And also thank you for that question uh, that prompted the answer. Um, this is a quick one. Um, Shingles vaccine, yes or no? Um, well, I'll tell you, I, I took one. It's a two-shot vaccine now. I took one a few years ago and felt so bad that I didn't take my second one. <laughs> so I'm not against the shingles vaccine. Shingles can be pretty bad on people. So, you know, I really haven't seen that many bad reactions from the shingles vaccine, to be honest with you. Um, so... I think it's okay for, you know, if you're over 50, 55, because shingles is no fun. Mm -hmm. uh, that's for sure. I've seen some terrible cases. And, uh, and this new double vaccine tends to be a little better than the, the old old one. But uh, so I hope that helps. I know it's not a yes or no answer. <laughs> if, you if, you're, if you're afraid of it, don't take it. So it's not a... It's not something you have to have, but um, it, it does a pretty good job of preventing shingles. The bad thing about shingles is it's not just a painful rash. It, when that rash goes away, it can leave you with a terrible neuropathy. And again, I've seen a few cases of that. So um, that's another, does the risk outweigh the benefit? I just don't see a lot of people having a bad problem with the shingles vaccine. Um, all right. Thank you, uh, for that question there. And that does it for the, for the questions coming in during the week. Um, before we get to the live questions, I want to give a shout out to Dr. Andy Clark again and what they're doing at Lavangel or with Lavangel. Uh, they are looking for volunteers to test a newly pat patented wound care product called Lavangel. Um, the main thing here is, uh, is it is a antimicrobial gel that has been successful in treating and healing a variety of skin disruptions. Uh, in this case, we're talking about radiation, uh, any skin disruptions uh, from radiation. So as we said before, if you guys know somebody or are somebody going through that right now, uh, they are providing one free tube of Lavangel with the expectation that the participant will give feedback regarding the effectiveness of the gel on their skin uh, following a two-week period of the use. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to put Dr. Andy Clark's um, number up here shortly once I once I get it uh, in my in my system here, so you guys can can jump on that. 
if that sounds like you or someone you know. So thank you in advance to, to Dr. Andy Clark, who I believe is with us uh, tonight. Um, all right, guys, we're going to go to uh, to the comments here for some questions. Uh, we're going to go for a, another 20, 30 minutes. So if you have questions for Dr. Rogers, put them in the comments, and we're going to uh, get to those as soon as we can. If I miss them, I'm going to go back and try to find them. Um, so let's get it. Let's get it started here. Uh, where are we at? Um, let's see here. I saw a good one to start off with. Go to Edna. Um, what does it mean if you are post menopause and ultrasound shows fluid in the uterus? I mean, you could have fluid in the uterus from several things, uh, pre or post menopause. Um, you know, you could, there's a lot of things that could cause that. Usually inflammation can cause that. If you have a lot of pain, it needs to be checked out. Obviously, um, if they can't explain it, they can go sample the fluid and see if there's anything worrisome in there. Um, so, you know, it's hard to, for me to give you advice on that, not being a gynecologist and not looking at the ultrasound. But that's, that's a question you should ask your a gynecologist, you know, how much fluid is in there? Is it bothering you? Um, it, does it warrant an endometrial biopsy and a fluid sample to see it? If you have some atypical cells in there, you know, I hate to blow it off and say it means nothing when, you know, it could mean something. Um, you know, just because you're postmenopausal doesn't mean that um, you can't have... Uh, you know, precancerous cells in there. Um, it's probably not, but I'm not trying to scare you, but um, it's something that I would definitely uh, discuss with my gynecologist and, and see if you need any further workup for that. If you're postmenopausal and you have bleeding, you definitely need to work up for that. Um, so, and usually they get a pretty good picture of your ovaries as well. It could be fluid from your ovaries uh, as, as well. Um, leaking through the tube into the uterus, uh, you know, so get that checked out. All right, Edna, thank you for that question. I'm going to get to, to, to Lisa on Facebook. Uh, Dr. Rogers, what sunscreen would you recommend for a two-year-old? So far, what I've used on my baby girl, she has had allergic reactions to like redness and eye swelling. Thank you. Thank you for the question, Lisa. Man, I do not like sunscreens on little kids. I just don't. I, I just say cover them up, small times of exposure. You know, there's just so many toxins in most sunscreens. Um, you know, there's a few that don't have the, the PABA and, you know, some of the, the other things in there. Probably a little bit of anything that just has a little bit of zinc oxide in there is probably safe. But there's so many ingredients in all those things. Um, I think Kelly may have one that's pretty non-toxic, but um, I'd almost say go to your natural health food store and look for one there and try to use as little of it as you can. Certainly you don't want sunburned kids, but um, uh, think about that. If anybody on here has a better idea, let me know. But uh, um, I just don't like sunscreens for the most part. Um, you know, don't be afraid of the sun, be afraid of the sun burn. Thank you for that, Lisa. I'm going to get to Sharon's question. Um, Sharon asked, is there anything I can take, uh, for hot flashes? Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, if you don't, of course, the best treatment for hot flashes or menopause is or bioidentical hormones. Um, but you can also take some over-the-counter herbs if you want, like evening primrose oil is my favorite herb for, for that. Um, black cohash is another one. Um, but I guess those are my two favorites. Um, uh, there's, there's a lot of pharmaceutical stuff we use, too, that they use. I don't. Like, some people treat it with... Uh, serotonin reuptake inhibitors i.e antidepressants i don't like to do that but think about you know getting your hormones checked and think about 
bioidentical hormones. Make sure you're up to date on your pap smear and mammogram. But, um, you know, bioidentical hormones do not cause cancer or heart disease. Um, so, but get your hormone levels checked because sometimes it can even, you could even take some, just some natural progesterone cream that you can get it over the counter at a natural health food store. But, uh, you know, you need to look at that estrogen progesterone ratio. So get your hormone levels checked, try some evening primrose oil, um, and think about some bioidentical hormone replacement. If you're, if you're a, a woman of, um, menopausal age, you don't at least have that conversation, educate yourself about bioidentical hormones, then you're doing yourself a big disfavor, in my opinion, in the way you're going to age and all. There's some people that can't ever take any form of estrogen if they've had breast cancer. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, come in to talk to us. Well, that's what we, what we kind of have expertise with. But don't be scared of hormones. But Thank you for that. That's a great question, Sharon. A lot of people are, are thinking the exact same thing. So thank you for putting that in there. Um, let's go to Andy Margaret here. Does LDN or Iver, Iver, does LDN or ivermectin also treat Lyme disease? Uh, ivermectin sure does. Um, uh, LDN, we use some of it for Lyme. Uh, you know, with Lyme, Lyme's a toughie. Of course, Treating initial Lyme disease, if you can get it early, you know, with doxycycline is the standard treatment. But most Lyme that, that people see is, um, you know, way down the line after you've had it. You don't even realize you had, had had a tick bite. But those are those are things that are on the list of, you know, kind of off-label treatments uh, of Lyme disease. Uh, you should read the book Chronic by... Dr. Stephen Phillips is a great uh, book on Lyme. He's an Ivy League uh, epidemiologist who suffered for it for years. And I think he saw like 19 rheumatologists who couldn't find out what was wrong with him. It was Lyme. It's hard to test for it. You know, uh, uh, even the CDC will tell you that the tests aren't that accurate. But, um, but interesting, great question. We use, we, use, we use both those medicines for a lot of off-label use. Um, yeah, and there was one other you talked about with Lyme. Um, I forget about what the medication was. It was, it was. it was what you would do with most autoimmunes. Uh, it wasn't metformin. Um, probably LDN. Um, probably. Uh, but, the, but the book Chronic you talk a lot about, that would be if anyone is suffering from from Lyme disease that's one I would read for sure um, all right thank you for that question Andy Margaret um, let's get to let's see Cindy's question um, if you're going to eat bread occasionally what is the best kind for low glucose spikes you know you could eat something I ate last Saturday night uh, when my niece uh, Ruthie fixed some Mexican for us and she had some spinach wraps there uh, there's also some egg white wraps, but my favorite, if you're going to eat traditional breads occasionally, my favorite one, I think the safest and best one, sourdough bread. That, that would be my choice for that. So. All right. Thank you for that, Cindy. Um, sourdough bread for, for that question. Um, have you ever had sourdough pizza out of curiosity? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm a sucker for it. Yeah, it's good. Um, all right, let's see where I'm at. Um, losing, losing track here. Um, thank you to everybody who is who is commenting. Um, again, if you guys have questions, uh, put them in the comments. We're gonna try to get to as many as we can tonight. Uh, Beverly asked, "Do you have suggestions for preparing for a cholecystectomy?" Yeah, um, when you get your gallbladder out. Um, yeah, you know, I took some tips. My dad and my brother were both general surgeons and uh here, here's a couple practical things that number one you'll, you'll do pretty well you'll do well because nowadays it's pretty easy to get your gallbladder out you know back when dad did it you'd have a you'd have a an, an incision about that long you'd be in the hospital for five days uh, nowadays you can go in and get your like when my brother did them 
through a laparoscope. You could go in in the morning, get your gallbladder out. You'd be home eating lunch. Uh, so it's a lot easier now. So don't fear it. Um, and get it out when, you, uh, when you're healthy and feeling good. You, know, you don't want to wait till it gets infected. And you have to have it out emergently. There's a lot more complications with that. Um, and I've seen them. I've scrubbed in on a lot of them that, that had complications that would take us eight, ten hours to get them out. But um, but here's what I'll do. I'll, I'll make sure your vitamin D levels are good. Go in and get your D level check. Have a high vitamin D level. And what, the other thing I would do would be to use Bactroban, which is an antibiotic ointment, and, and put it up in your nose, uh, you know, every night for about a week before you get any kind of surgery. And it's not gallbladder, but any kind of surgery. Usually when you talk about these nosocomial infections, uh, which means an infection you got in the hospital uh, that you assume came from uh, a nurse or somebody not washing their hands or fomites. Um, usually it really it's coming from your own nose most of the time. So I like Bactroban and have them continue to do that um, as well. Um, you know, sometimes they'll have you bathe in, in this, uh, wash your, the night before surgery in something called Fisahex. And we, they use that. That used to be what we scrubbed up with, but some surgeons will want you to do this. Uh, but those are a couple of things I would think about doing. Uh, make sure you're hydrated, you know, don't take any, um, for a week, don't take any aspirin, vitamin E, or fish oil. Make your thin your blood too much. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Get plenty of rest, and you know, there and have an optimistic outlook that you're going to do well because you will. Uh, those are great questions. Uh, great question there, Beverly. Good luck. Good luck with it. Yes, yes, we'll be thinking about you um, when you come on here next. Let make sure you tell us how you how you did. Um, uh, great suggestions there, Doc. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, all right, let's go to, um, let's see here. Uh, Kathy's question, should naltrexone be taken at night? Uh, most people take it at night because it helps them sleep. Um, you know, a minority of patients don't like the dreams they get with low-dose naltrexone um, because it induces REM sleep, dream sleep, which is a deep sleep. It's restorative. Um, so if that bothers you, it's a minority that it does, but I've seen it happen. Then you can take it in the morning, but, um, you should start out taking it at night and usually start out at one milligram for a week, then go to three. If that's not working for you, go to four and a half. I've used it up to eight milligrams, but, uh, yeah, that's the reason you should take it at night. You should sleep better. And I'm assuming she's talking about low dose naltrexone. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. Um, thank you for for that question there. Um, I'm gonna put uh, where is I saw Mark's question. No, I lost it. Um, let's see. Okay. Currently, we have 205 drug discontinuations and 178 medication shortages. This does not seem to be slowing down. What are your thoughts on this trend? Well, you know. It's kind of concerning because especially with all the the shortages, you know, um, I don't like to be paranoid about anything, but you know, there, there's going to be, there's some food shortages already. Look at the baby formula. Um, so, you know, it's not a bad idea um, to stock up on some of the medications that you may need. I think everybody needs, you know, certain travel medications like, an antibiotic, certainly like a Z-Pack, which is so universal, universal, um, and have some uh, maybe Zofran. Um, I like activated charcoal tablets in case you, which are over the counter in case you get uh, food poisoning. Um, and that, that acts like a good binder too. It's a great detoxer as well. Um, so have that. Have some Imodium. Um, Maybe even, you know, have uh, some prednisone on hand. There's so many universal uses for prednisone short term. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's concerning. So you need to kind of stock up. So when you go to your doctor, ask them if they can give you, uh, a, uh, you know, a walk off prescription for some of the stuff that you may need. I think that's certainly, uh, what doctors should do. We do it a lot, um, in our office, you know, but, uh, because sometimes you may not be able to get a hold of a doctor. You may be traveling and you, know, you don't want to go to the ER for something that could be taken care of right there in your own medical kit. Um, I'm not against that at all. Um, all right. Thank you for, for that question, uh, Mark. Interesting insight there. Uh, you know, I've, I've always, um, I feel like I've asked you that question ever since I was a kid. Uh, you know, what should I bring on this trip? And, and a Z-Pack, you've pretty much always told me to have, you told me to have a modium. You said, um, not the charcoal. I, I'm surprised that I haven't heard the charcoal one. Um, Pepsid? Do you say? Yeah, Pepsid AC is always a good one to have. It's good to have some Benadryl around. Uh, Zofran, which is my choice now over Fenergan. But... Um, you know, always some ibuprofen uh, have on hand. So I'll go ahead and give a, a shout out to the Kingsport office. Uh, Mark was in there recently, had a great visit with Doc and the staff was awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, for those kind words, Mark, uh, shout out to all the Kingsport uh, team who are. And that sauerkraut was great, too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for all that wonderful stuff. And that information you gave me was wonderful. Uh, it, I shared it with Ben. It was really good. Yes, yes. We're extremely excited about that. So thank you, Mark. Uh, and thank you for the kind words about the team. Uh, thank you uh, to the Kingsport team uh, for, for doing their thing. I'm going to put this up here. Um, Steve has helped me out with Andy's number. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Andy Clark uh, for those interested in Lavangel. Uh, and it, apparently I'm, I'm looking at a comment here. He's also looking for people suffering from shingles and has a free tube uh, of Lavangel for them to try. So that sounds like you. Um, that is uh, Dr. Andy Clark's number. Thank you, uh, Steve, for, uh, for helping me out with that. I use, I use some of that on uh, mosquito bites. Mos mosquitoes love me. And uh, <laughs> last summer I used some of it on mosquito bites. It seemed to work pretty well. Plus it smells good. <laughs> uh, I need to put them on. I need to put that lavender gel on some of my little cuts at my little dog under there. I think he's, well, I don't know where he went. Ike, he's been, he's in this nibbling phase where he's teething and he's he's biting my arms up a little bit so <laughs> i'm gonna start putting it on my little bite marks that i gives me um <laughs> katie's asking it definitely heals stuff it heals stuff uh thank you product. thank you for for uh for allowing us to put that on here dr dr clark with lavangel uh you know hopefully uh, a few people will will take us up on that especially ones who are going through uh, radiation right now or know somebody. I got a question from Roel. No need. I see that. I'm going to get to that. Uh, Katie, Adopo. Adopo in Knoxville. Next time you're visiting the Knoxville office, uh, you need to go to Adopo. Sourdough pizza. Unbelievable. Oh. Oh. Um, all right. Roel is asking, Doctor, have you used any red light therapy or panels? Yeah, I have. I have, uh, of course, red light therapy in my infrared sauna. I also have a handheld red light therapy um that ben brought me back from las vegas he paid three thousand dollars for it and thought he got a great deal on it <laughs> <laughs> but it is good i like the red light therapy i haven't gotten a panel but a lot of people in their infrared saunas if they don't have a red light with it they'll put a panel uh, it's very good i'm all for red light therapy it's, it heals and it makes your infrared sauna work a lot better too but it's great for your skin. Just great for everything. I love red light therapy. All right. Thank you for that. Um, let's see here. Anita's question. Um, all right. On your suggestion, I visit Jill in the Bristol for a steroid shot. Oh, thank you. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a comment. I thought that was a question. Anita, thank you for that. Um, she is shouting, shouting out the, uh, Jill Henritzi and, and the Bristol office for a steroid shot and, uh, in her knee, uh, great staff. They're they're wonderful over there. Uh, thank it's you. Great Jill Jill's got has so much experience. Can bring my oxidizer over here too, if you don't mind. In inside the sauna. Uh, here's my here's my red light therapy right here. So you put it on, it turns red. You put it on. It's mostly for face. 
Let's not come on. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. This is my only for facial stuff. Um, but uh, I'll show you this other little tool I have that I keep in my infrared sauna. Um, if I can. This little uh, ionizer. So I turn this, I put this in there and it, it puts that oxygen in there. So I really like this little ionizer. Pretty cool that puts out pure oxygen. It really seems to work pretty well. It's supposed to anyway. <laughs> uh, so those are those are two little things that I love. And here, do you want? Oh, there, Ike wanted to say hi. Uh, he's, he's biting me. He's biting me right now. He's nibbling. <laughs> there he is. Okay. There you go. He just wanted to say hi. Uh, uh, he I, always likes to hog the limelight. He likes to get in there because he's he's cute. I, I think know. I think Ike Ike knows that he's an exceptionally beautiful dog, and and I, I think he knows that he demands uh, a lot of people's attention. So I, I think he loves the Performance Medicine Show because um, because he he, get, he gets more comments than I mean he's already got one from Linda. You know, he, yeah, he gets, he's a cute dog, no <laughs> doubt. Um, I, I want to I want to get to Tracy's question. Make sure we get this in. Uh, what brand do you recommend for the infrared heating pad? Do you have a brand you like? Man, um, I've got mine upstairs, and I'll Trace. I'll try to get you. I, I wish I had somebody to go get that right now, because I really like my infrared heating pad. Because um, I have a lot of back discomfort, a lot of back pain, and. Um, this was supposed to, as a matter of fact, one of my patients told me this brand and I took it from them and uh, I ordered it and it's about 300 bucks. So it's not a cheap one, but it's a really good one. I'll try to, to try to get the name of that one. I'll, um, I'll write that down, Tracy, and I'll either, uh, we'll either comment back uh, uh, in the comments tonight. Um, it's a brand of what infrared? Uh, infrared heating pad. Yeah, if I had my infrared, hold it, here it comes. I'm glad I have a PA, personal <laughs> assistance here. Here's the one I like. Do you see that? Uh, thermo, Thermotex. Yeah. This thing's great. I mean, it's really nice. Thermotex. It, it really, most heating pads penetrate just a quarter of an inch. This thing penetrates supposedly an inch and a half, so I do like it. And, and Tracy, I'm seeing uh, Linda said hers is uh, UTK Infrared. Uh, thank you for, uh, for putting that in there, Linda. Um, you know, look, Ike's getting, he's getting all the, all the love, and we, we knew it. We knew it. He's on here for two seconds. Some, somebody asked us where we actually got Ike from a yeah. place in Indiana, and so we gave him the name. And, uh, oh, they were, they were phenomenal. They were really, uh, yeah. I, I went with, uh, mom to, to help her pick up Ike and, uh, super nice, super friendly, uh, friendly family there. Um, okay guys, I think that's gonna do it for tonight. Um, <laughs> we're getting, uh, Ike questions. Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, the question is, is Ike related to Moose or Charlie? And that's, uh, my uncle Bob. And no, Lisa. but, but, uh, I actually played with Moose and Charlie over the weekend and Moose and Charlie are huge. They're really big dogs, and they were having so much fun running around. They were they would knock Ike for like three somersault rolls, and and it was hilarious to watch him be around those big dogs, the same breed. Uh, but they were they're huge. Uh, Ike's more of a mini, uh, so that was a lot of fun to to do that. And, uh, <laughs> they're not related, same breed, but not related. Um, so, guys, Roel is saying hit the like bucket button. So thank you, Roel. Yeah, we need some, we need uh, some like buttons. <laughs> Send us over the top for our YouTubes. You know, if we can get a few more YouTube subscribers, uh, it'll be really good. Yeah, it'd be a, it's but, it's uh, a lot of fun to get to do this with you guys. And and Roel, I know Roel's is uh he's working late tonight and he's still joining us uh for the show. So Roel, uh, thank you for uh for being with us tonight. I know you're I know you're busy. Um, and all of you guys, thank you so much for, for being with us every single Tuesday. Uh, this is uh, my favorite hour of the week. 
and uh, to get to, to, to do this with you guys is a, is a, is a pleasure and a privilege. Uh, so thank you. Um, all right. I agree. So uh, remember, we've got the, the Lavengel, um, and I, I see, um, let's see, uh, where were we? Um, I'll put uh, Dr. Clark's number on here one more time for you guys. Um, this is Dr. Andy Clark. If you guys are wanting a free sample of Lavengel, um, it's, uh, he's doing it for people suffering with, uh, shingles as well as, uh, people who are on radiation, uh, give them a shout out. Uh, they are phenomenal. And thank you, Steve, for helping me out with that number. Um, all right, guys, um, that's going to do it. Doc, dad, th- doc, dad, doc, dad. Thank you so much for hanging out tonight. Uh, we really appreciate, uh, all the insight, uh, guys who are with us live, our, our team, uh, behind the scenes, uh, Katie Gagley, thank you so much for all that you do uh, in the comment section and behind the scenes on this show. Uh, we certainly do appreciate you. We had the uh, we, we might have to call her the performance medicine elf, which is my mother, uh, going and, and getting all the all the the goodies um, from the from the the infrared infrared light to the uh, the heating pad, the whole shebang. That was that was my mom and. Uh, yeah. behind the Thank scenes you. there and a, and a special thanks to Ike for making a, for making a, a showing. You know what kills me, Ben, is there's more people interested in seeing a little glimpse of Ike than are looking at my video of me working out without a shirt on. <laughs> I mean, that was gutsy. Actually, I was working out here in the basement in my old mini gym and Ben just happens to walk in and starts filming me <laughs> with my shirt off. I had no intention of having my shirt off, but uh, it returned into a, a video as part of our podcast, but uh, nobody wants to see it when they hear I work out without my shirt on. You know? <laughs> they just want to see it, Ike. You know, and, and I don't blame them there. I don't blame them there, yeah. Bob. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather watch you work out without a shirt. I doubt it. They, they'd rather they'd rather watch Ike do just about anything, and and I I, I don't blame them. Um, I, I see Don and Steve. That's going to be the first question uh, next week. Uh, we will, we will get to that first question, Donna, Steve Ray, um, Nicole, it's, it is a Bernadoodle, uh, is, is Ike, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ike is a Bernadoodle. Um, all right, Doc, appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks, Ben. Have a good week. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us every single Tuesday. This is the Performance Medicine Show. We are signing off, but we will be back next week, Tuesday at 7 o'clock. If you have not subscribed to the, uh, to the YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. Uh, the YouTube channel is called Performance Medicine. And if you want all of this stuff delivered to, straight to your inbox, uh, you can sign up for Performance Weekly. Simply go to our website, performancemedicine.net, to sign up for that. We love you. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place, 7 p.m. Thank you so much. See you, Pop. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.